Will Anne Cavalercheck, member of the Indiana Graduate Workers Coalition, welcome to the WFHB Local News. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, happy to have you here. So, Anne, this weekend, the Indiana Graduate Workers Coalition voted no on the strike authorization vote with a 91% majority. So I just wanted to get your your take on this. Um, what do you think led to this overwhelming no vote this past weekend? Yeah, well, so it was an overwhelming vote that we were um, fully expecting, and it followed exactly the recommendation of the coordinating committee, which I'm a member, and that itself was following, you know, other conversations that we've been having with membership. So our strike in the spring was always for union recognition as its primary purpose, and that's still what our primary goal is. But what's happening right now is that we are, uh, the bargaining committee is currently engaged in some conversations with the IU administration, including the Bloomington Faculty Council and the University Graduate School about creating possible pathways towards union recognition. And then we felt that as a demonstration of our good faith effort in these conversations, that we would not go on strike for the two weeks that we had planned for. I see. I see. Now, with this, the grad workers recommended voting yes on granting the authority to set a strike in the future. So would you talk about what that means for a future potential strike if negotiations with the university don't go as planned? Yeah. So a future strike, um, I would say, would look pretty similar to what, you know, what the strike in the spring looked like, which was, you know, a strike of, of graduate worker labor, particularly instructional graduate worker labor. So as we have demonstrated with a 1,200 worker strike that lasted for over four weeks in the spring, we have the power to really bring this campus to a standstill. So we really encourage the administration to continue working with us in good faith and continue negotiating with us in good faith in order to avoid forcing us to go on strike again. Absolutely. And that's a good bouncing off point for the the next question I have, is that the university has, quote unquote, caved in some respects by, you know, increasing the minimum stipend. They promised to include a periodic increase of wages, sort of in line with other Big Ten schools. The university also took away some mandatory fees. So how did this all play into the conversation of not moving forward with the strike this semester? Yeah, so I think one of the things is that we see that the, all of the concessions that the university has given us come directly from our very well-publicized five-point platform. And so we think that it would be a lot more efficient if the university would just sit down and negotiate with us over these, you know, over these things um, rather than force us to strike in order to hear us out. We are very, very happy. I mean, these changes are were such a long time coming and they're life changing for so many people. And it's really to the shame um, of, of Indiana University that, you know, how, how low wages and working conditions had gotten before these concessions. I guess in terms of how they fit in with this is that, you know, for our, our membership really sees that these concessions were the things that we have been asking for for years before the coalition was launched, before our car drive and before our strike. Our membership sees that the only way that to get the university to actually move on these things after years of the university saying that they were impossible was a strike. So we're really hoping, again, moving forward, that if the university will continue to negotiate with us, we won't need to go on strike um, in order to communicate with the administration. Right. That's that's a totally fair point. So with all of those changes the university made, kind of as you outlined, would you view the strike during the spring as a success on your part? Yeah, I would I would view it as a pretty big success. I mean, I um, I'm not sure the last time that you know Indiana University or Indiana had certainly academic workers are not paving the way of labor history, but we really are 
following a proud tradition of labor history in Indiana. And, and I think that we did a, a really good job of renewing that energy. I think what our four-week strike of 1,200 workers that were that cultivated such a wide amount of support from the entire Bloomington, the IU and Bloomington community, as well as nationally. You know, we had undergraduates and faculty members on the picket line contributed. I think it all contributed to this really incredible moment of political education, of demonstrating to this, you know, to this community that, you know, when even even when your your boss or employer tells you that things are impossible, it, when you go on strike, those things suddenly become possible. For years, IU was saying things like eliminating the mandatory fees was impossible. Weeks before the strike, Provost Shrivastav called it a splurge to give to bring graduate workers up to a living wage. And then all of a sudden, after a four-week strike, all of those things became a reality. So I think uh, we're certainly ending on a high note, and I really urge IU to consider the fact that we have the capability of performing massive collective actions on this campus. And I really encourage IU to to negotiate with us in good faith so that we can instead focus on, you know, our educations rather than that. Right, right. You you raised some some great points there. And, you know, as I remember talking with the grad workers last semester in the spring, that a big goal of yours was to achieve union recognition in the eyes of the university. And I just want to follow up with you on that. So do you believe that to be true right now that the university has catered to some of your demands and sort of has recognized you as a, a union? Or do you think that not to be true? They're certainly talking around it. I think that there's um, a lot of misinformation on the part of Indiana University that, that it's you know, illegal for us, for them to recognize this union, that something about this being Indiana makes it illegal for there to be a union on campus. This is false. There are multiple unions on campus. There are unions on campus that have been here, recognized locals of national unions since 1967. There are plenty of pathways towards union, towards union recognition that uh, you could, could follow if they, if, if they were to choose to. So union recognition is always our goal because having a union would mean having a collective bargaining relationship with the university, and that would mean having an actual sustainable way for us to continue setting our working conditions and prevent things like departments going over 10 years without a raise. Right now, the negotiations with the Bloomington Faculty Council and the University Graduate School are providing a pathway towards that, but our goal is always going to be full recognition of our union, and we are still very much engaged in that fight. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for outlining that for me. Now, the next question I have, you know, in your opinion, is the labor fight as we know it over? Or do you believe this fight is still ongoing? It's definitely not over. It's still ongoing. Our, you know, our union has never been has never been stronger, right? We continue to have a supermajority on campus. We continue to uh, really institutionalize ourselves in every single department and every single um, body of shared governance, or, or that's at least, or the, you know, becoming full, full participants of shared governance is what we're working towards. Just uh, um, earlier this week, the graduate and professional student government of IU fully recognized us and um, recommended the, you know, recommended us as the body to represent graduate workers on this campus. We, you know, we're continuing to have these conversations with, uh, with administrative bodies. And we, you know, and given that the strike won us some really major concessions, you know, some of our big platform points, Right now, we're in a really exciting space where we can actually expand our platform. Now that IU has, you know, done the task of, of ha- having us achieve the very bare minimum of getting us slightly closer to a living wage, but still, still not at a living wage, of ending, um, you know, pay-to-work schemes for at least the vast majority of graduate workers, of fellowship workers, still have to, um, at least still have to pay. Now we're in this incredible spot where we can 
to just continue really dreaming and thinking of other things that we're going to fight for, other, other ways to ensure that international students are not exploited on the basis of their citizen status, um, other ways to insist that students who are, who have, um, are marginalized on the basis of, of various identities actually get to enjoy being full citizens and, um, you know, and, and students and workers here rather than being discriminated against. So what we've demonstrated with our strike is how strong we are, how many things we can win. And now we're in this amazing position where we can just keep fighting for even more things because it's what we deserve. Well, thank you again for for clearing that up for us. Um, now with that, what would it take for the grad workers to vote yes on a future labor strike? I think, you know, I think that's a, that's a hard question. I think it, it really depends how these conversations continue going. One thing that we're looking for is really that you know, we as the IGWC um, are able to have exclusive representation over the working conditions of student academic appointees. That's sort of the appointment that members of our bargaining hold, hold student academic appointees. You know, as part of our car drive and continuing to that, we have collected a, a supermajority of cards. Um, you know, graduate workers have democratically and emphatically stated that they want to be represented by the IGWC, IGWCUE. And so we are really making sure that our participation in shared governance, first, that we're allowed to participate in shared governance, but also that that representation, you know, we're, we're not shunted into, you know, an, an advisory board or a task force that doesn't have any real power. We want to have exclusive representation over student academic appointees, and we want to ha- actually have a say in our working conditions. And we just hope that the administration continue working with us productively to figure out what that looks like. Well, Anne, thank you again. And these are all of the questions I have prepared for you, but I want to give you the floor, give you the last word here at WFHB. Is there anything else you would like to add before we part ways? Thank you so much for uh, the interview and and to all of the listeners. um, You can find out more about us on our website, on our social media. You can email us if you want to get involved. Um, We're uh, really, really happy to support the and and to you know, uh, uh, build relationships with the larger Bloomington community as well as with NIU. Um, and, and that's all. Thank you. Well, Anne Cavalerchik, member of the Indiana Graduate Workers Coalition, thank you for coming on to the WFHB Local News. Great. Thank you so much.